Hello, and welcome to this episode of Say Something Interesting. This is the follow-up podcast for Eastlake Tri-Cities Church, where we talk about our sermon from the previous week and then just generally chat and have fun. My name is Megan, and with me is our teaching pastor, Brent. Hi, guys. It is Monday. We are recording this a day earlier than usual because our friend Megan is going on a beautiful camping trip yeah. this weekend, or this week, I should this say. Week. yeah. You take off tomorrow, mm-hmm. uh, heading to the Oregon coast-ish area. Mm-hmm. And I mean, not just ish. The Oregon Coast. You timed it perfectly. Do you know <laughs> yeah. it's supposed to be 104 on Wednesday? Yep. Uh-huh. I just, <laughs> Do you want to know what the high is going to be the whole time we're Yeah, there? like what, 72? And it, yeah, exactly. <laughs> the coast, the Oregon coast, and it's going to feel like about 54. Yeah. Every time I've been down there, I've been like, I'm freezing. It's July. What's going on? Um, but yeah. that's exciting. Really are you excited. super pumped? I'm so excited. What are you, what's your favorite hobby to do while on the coast? Cause I'm, um, oh. uh, like, is it beachcombing? Is mm-hmm. it, is it like, uh, actual fishing? Is it cr- crabbing? Is it just eating seafood? Do you like seafood? I like fish, but not really like, sh- I don't really enjoy shellfish that okay. much. Um, <coughs> sorry, I got a tickle. She got the Rona. It's cool. <laughs> Um, I really enjoy like tide pooling. Um, yeah. So like I, my degree is marine biology. So I took a lot of like, Oh, marine- you were like in heaven. <laughs> yeah. So, um, like, and I don't know, I have like a deep, I don't know, the water always like calms me down. So a lot of like beach walking and then also like tide pooling. So there's going to be a pretty decent low tide on Wednesday morning, like a negative 1.4. So, um, that's like the one thing I want to do is go and go down at the low tide and like you know, find sand dollars and other critters and things like that. So whenever I hear the word marine biology or marine biologist, (laughs) I only think of Seinfeld episode where George, um, doesn't he date a marine biologist? No, he, he is dating a girl and he's always impressed them with trying to say he's an architect. Uh And yet with this one girl, he changes it to a marine biologist. And Jerry's like, why'd you change this time? He's like, I don't know. I just wanted to be something different this time. (laughs) And they're walking along the beach and there's a beached whale and you have the crowd going, is anybody here a marine biologist? <laughs> she looks at him. He's like, why did I pick architect? I always pick architect. It's my favorite line. Uh, that's probably my favorite episode because oh, really? there's uh, yeah, there's a, a golf ball stuck inside the whale's uh, spout. Oh, and it's, it's from murder. It's from Kramer launching golf balls off of his back patio. You got a new golf club. Uh, oh, it's such a great writing. Oh my gosh, I got to go back and listen to that and watch that episode. Uh, yeah. yeah. He's got great lines in there too. That's but. always what I like at the beaches. Marine biology. That'll be fun. Mm-hmm. You got some friends going with you, family? What is yeah. it? So friends, I have um, so three friends going with me. So we're going to have four adults and then one of the friends going with me, her two kids are coming. And you're down there for three weeks. Is that right? <laughs> yeah. That's, that's what you right. told me. You're like, I can't do the podcast. No, just kidding. <laughs> Like three nights. Uh, oh, three <laughs> nights. Oh, same thing. Uh, that's good. You yeah. guys Airbnb it or hotel no, or you got camping. a condo? Oh, camp. Oh, literally camping. We're literally good camping. You. Good for you. Right yeah. on the beach there. Yeah. Which is cool because they can do, you can do fires on the beach, no problem. Well, almost all, all year I mean, long, almost. We'll probably do our fires like at our campsite, depending gotcha. on restrictions. But um, yeah, because we're going to Fort Stevens, which is a state park, yep. and they have a big campsite facility. So with like the loops that have the little bathroom in the middle and the, you know, all that jazz. So um, we've camped there before, me and two of the friends that are going with me. And so it's a really nice place and it has like a bunch of coastline as part of Fort Stevens. So you don't really have to leave the campsite necessarily even to do anything. So. And you and I talked about this uh, last week when you told me you were heading down there or whatever, um, maybe two weeks ago. 
and you said it's it was a decently low tide, and so I asked about the clam digging. If you're mm-hmm. going to do clam digging, the razor clams, you know, there's only a couple places in the world that you can dig these things, and one of them is Oregon coast and southern Washington coast too. But um, on those low tides, a lot of times they'll do those, and do, it's amazing how many thousands of people swarm to these beaches. And a lot of times, if the digs at night, then you just ha- you look can, you go down there, you know, in these t- t- tiny sleepy towns that maybe a couple thousand people live in, and then you go down to the beach, and everywhere you can look, all you see is lanterns up and down the beach. It's like a it's like a surreal kind of thing. I don't know how many tens of thousands of people go down there for those things, or did I don't know about now, but <laughs> did go down there for mm-hmm. those. And the 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 view alone, even if you're like I'm not really a clamor or whatever, you know that I don't eat it or it doesn't sound enticing to me. Go down there with a f- camera and take some of the best photos of your life because the the view was is just unbelievable. It's like a, yeah, I feel like it might be out of clamming season though. This late into this I, I would imagine it. I think so. it's more of a fall spring type yeah. thing. I don't mm-hmm. think it's dead of summer, but yeah, um, you just reminded me of that with yeah. the, the yeah, tide yeah, yeah. size. So this is also another. Uh, this is a huge week because you're going to be down uh, at the coast for the first day of of opening day baseball season. Uh, well, we'll get back. Oh, okay. Well, time that just well because the Mariners don't play till Friday. Yeah, so I guess I will be gone on opening day. Right. I I only really care about the Mariners, so I was like, I'll be back for that. Got it. Got it. (laughs) I don't have cable anyway, so I listen to them on the radio mostly. So you know, not like a. I have seen uh, some of the schedules come out, and it feels like because there's a lack of sports on in a lot of other places that there are going to be more baseball games on TV, like for us regular old folk. (laughs) Um. Uh, that, at least that's what I've seen mm-hmm. kind of recently. So I don't know if that plays out or if that's just like the opening part of the season yeah. and they know that people are going to My dad was it. watching some like preseason games on Saturday and um, they were like, he just hit a, a three run double. And it was like absolutely silent in the stadium. Yeah. And I was like, are you sure? Because I was just listening. I wasn't like watching. And I was like, yeah. that's the weirdest three run double I've ever heard. Yeah. Like- yeah, totally. No, no, non-excitement. <laughs> yeah. uh, I did see last night that there was a team and I don't know if it was the Yankees that got out to a big lead or I think the White Sox got out to a big lead. You know, one of the two teams, you know, these games don't count. They're just like these preseason games and they just got... They didn't didn't want to finish the inning, so they got a guy on base, and then they allowed them to get picked off. Like they just in, they wanted to end the inning and go home <laughs> and go back to their quarantine life. So they just like stood off the base. The pitcher threw it over first, and he tagged him yeah. in and over. <laughs> and you're like that. I mean, that's just to see that happen because yeah. that just would never happen in a real baseball no, game no, no. ever. Um, no matter how big the lead got, you know they're fighting yeah. for always for more. And uh, so, anyways, it just was a reminder. That they're really not taking this seriously at this <laughs> yeah. at this point, you know. Well, like, it's their like it's their practice games yes. like you would do in spring training. Correct. So. I, I, they're not supposed to take it seriously. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. I'm just saying. Um, but it does sound like we're getting baseball, which there was a long period there where that felt like really up in the air. Yeah. So I, I'm pretty excited. I'm um, very excited. Baseball's my favorite. Happening so. and basketball is around the corner as well. If you're into that sort of thing, mm-hmm. Eric's listening. I have a fantasy baseball draft on Tuesday. <laughs> You're doing a fantasy baseball. Well, kind I mean, of. if you're gonna do it for any season, you might as well do it. Might for as well the do it for this. this is great. That's yeah. the, been the flaw against fantasy baseball is that like I can't give up my whole summer for you know, know, I did a it twenty dollar entry fee. Our friend Adam Brault convinced me to do it one year. That's the guy I'm playing with. Yeah, and he and I was like, I was good for like the first half, and then I was like, this is I'm done. Yeah, like I can't. He was like, do you want to do it again next year? I was like, nope. I'm yeah. Out. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, they cut down uh, the entry fee on this. I think it's like five bucks or ten bucks. It's mm-hmm. like nothing because, you know, who knows? It, it is a crapshoot in terms of who stays healthy enough yeah. and what 
who cares about this team, you know, this, yeah. this year with that, such a short schedule. Once somebody loses, once somebody starts out, Oh, and 10 or, you know, the Mariners like <laughs> yeah. two and 13 or something like that. <laughs> you're just like, let's just bench everybody. You know what I mean? So, uh, we'll see, yeah, but, we'll see. um, it'll be fun. It'll be great. So, uh, that's, that is, uh, that'll do that for the, our random section. Let's move on to, um, we have three sections. Of this yeah, podcast believe it or not, we actually do have an organization too. Somewhat. We do it like five minutes before we press record, but yeah. yes, our message recap mm. portion. We, uh, we, we kept, I was going to say started with, but we didn't start it. We did week two mm. of our summer remix series. Um, pulling back into the archives and remixing a message from one of our favorites. And I feel like I kind of remember the Lemon series. Do you? Good. Yeah. It, uh, you walk right by uh, our mailer yeah. is in a frame out in the And, and the tagline of when life kicks you in the lemons is real genius. That'll stick so, with you for yeah. a while. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And I thought the hashtag show me your lemons was yeah. was funny too. I don't remember that part, but oh, I yeah. remember the when life kicks you in the lemons. Yeah. Like- <laughs> It was a the uh, that mailer was like I, I mentioned just vibrant in color and it just was it just worked the whole thing worked. No, I um, was because we've been on a little bit. We get we got a new you know visual um, person for our team and it's a little bit of a more black and white look nowadays. Yeah, it is. Um, and when you were talking about how like vibrant and beautiful and colorful it was, I was like, oh. <laughs> Particularly because you were talking about it with like the black and white photo right behind, behind you. But I, but even with that photo, like the boat skimming across the yeah. water, that's like perfect for summer reading. That's what I think about with summer reading. So kudos to Eric for figuring that piece out. No, you know? I mean, his photos are beautiful. Yeah, and they're yeah, yeah, like, yeah. And he does, he like takes random things and makes them kind of like relevant-ish right. for the series. But it was funny when you were talking and about it. And if you haven't caught it yet in the five, six months that Eric's been doing this for us, those are all photos from our area. They're not black and white photos from, you know, Google or whatever. He comes, he drives down from Spokane and uh, gets the kind of theme for the series and then goes out in the Tri-Cities and finds something that's local and takes a picture of it. So um, all of the buildings, the water, the everything has been all kind of our own, which is kind of homegrown and organic for us, which is, I think, a, a fun hidden mm-hmm. Easter egg thing that maybe maybe people don't know about and appreciate, yeah. but that's fun. It's good. Um. I was going to say, Sorry. do you remember us having all of those lemons on the stage? Like vaguely, but I don't remember the lemon like drama as much as you do. Okay. Probably because I wasn't super involved in setup at that yeah, time. Yeah, probably. Because so. that's the first thing. Kylie asked me on like Wednesday, what are you going to be talking about this week? And I said, oh, we're gonna, I'm pulling up something from Making Lemonade. She goes, do you remember those gross lemons? <laughs> She's <laughs> That was like her first thing. Like, do you remember any of the talks? No, but I do remember gross <laughs> lemons on stage. And, uh, yeah, I really, I, I, I missed the ball. I should have brought that little Mason jar of stuff yeah. on, on I, cause I would have, I should have had you sip some this morning and put it in your coffee right there and Ooh. see how that goes. <laughs> you did mentioned, you, did any part of you think it was maybe not alcohol when you saw a jar, a, a jar of yeah, yellowish liquid? I knew exactly your- what it was. <laughs> what kind of alcohol? I have no idea. I, I, I. You can, I mean, you open it up and you can just absolutely smell it. So <laughs> it's not a question. He's the same guy. Um, and I won't say his name again, but we went to a hockey game all together at the Tri-City Americans Hockey. And uh, he brought in binoculars. And I was like, how big do you think this stadium is? Like, you don't need binoculars. Is it actually a flask? I, <laughs> he winked at me. And he said... Pull that cap off and give it a swig. 
was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> Dork. We're like seven rows back. He's got binoculars hanging around his neck. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, love it. There was a joke that I had oh, yeah. written into I was this reading the script. Notes. And you reminded me of it today because I did not drop it. And I had rewritten it for this talk. It wasn't like an old recycled one or anything. And uh, it had to do with masks. And I'm trying to find it right now on my... my, uh, I feel like it was on page two or three. Okay. Um, Oh, yeah. yeah. We think it's persecution. The author of First Peter is writing this letter to a church who's actually struggling with persecution. We think it's persecution when we're told we can't walk through Walmart without a mask. And my thought, my comment, my joke was supposed to be, do people not crop dust you in Walmart? Is yeah. this not a plus for you? <laughs> is this not a, a, a move in the right direction that you are forced to wear a mask? I haven't smelled anything horrible at Walmart since the mask thing happened. <laughs> Missed opportunity. Oh, that message could have been so much better, you guys. This is why... I'm going to have to remix this again in four years. <laughs> Just so I can add that joke in, but there'll be no pandemic at that point. It, it won't be make any irrelevant. sense. Like- why did you wear masks to Walmart? <laughs> because the world was falling apart. That's why. Gosh, uh, hang with me here, people. Yeah, this is why the like second. Ser- you should always come to second service. Always. That would have totally made it for second service. And he would have been like, "Oh shoot." <laughs> you know what would have sucked? It would have been everything leading up to that point because I'd have just been like, "Get through it, get through it, get through it." Drop the crop dusting joke. <laughs> That's what it would have been like. And then, uh, so maybe it was better that you didn't listen to second service. It is so weird though. I get home. I got home at like 1115 on Sunday, mm-hmm. um, which is going to be, I, I've been in conversations with a bunch of church planners, you know, we're in like this little tiny group thing or whatever. And, uh, all of them except one are back to at least some form of life services with like, you know, either a, a service at the very beginning where, you know, one service is mass required, one one is optional, one's for 55 plus and immunocompromised, one's normal, whatever. Um, uh, but all of them are doing something and they, they, they're like, what, what's your story, Brent? And I'm like, dude, we can't, <laughs> we can't eat in restaurants, man. I mean, like, I don't know what to tell you. We're not, yeah. we're not even close at this point. It feels like that anyways. Yeah. Um, and they're like, oh, I wish I could go back to Vietnam home at 1115. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, oh man, I don't know. I, I kind of, uh, uh, yeah, I, I, I obviously want to see faces yeah. and like mm-hmm. that. There will be things of all of this that you do miss. Yeah, right? for sure. Um, but, um, it does feel weird to get home and I'm like, I'm turning on golf and it hasn't even started yet. And I'm like, <laughs> what? I'm and always I'm, late to the game. Uh, and I always like, I'm really hungry when I get home from church normally because oh, yeah. it's like one yeah and you're like oh it's time to eat and then you get home at 11 and you're like I should be hungry I got home and made the kids <laughs> lunch immediately yesterday because yeah. Kylie was out shopping and um I made lunch and then like two, two of the three look at me and they're like I'm not really that hungry and I'm like what are you talking about and I looked at the clock and I'm like 11 20 I'm like oh no that makes sense I mean you just ate two and a half hour three hours ago yeah um it's okay I guess you don't have to finish everything I'm and then, really that hungry dad yeah why are you making this for me? Because that's what we do when yeah, we get we home, from, home church. from church. And we make lunch. Make lunch. <laughs> you you eat it. But. Yeah. Um, we talked about uh, suffering and pain, and mm-hmm. and um, we looked at kind of Peter's discussion about it to his in his letter to the church to some people who 
by all accounts, were going through some serious persecution that wasn't like random. It wasn't um, like chronic health or, or anything like that. It was like overt just because you're existing and, and you've signed up for this Christianity thing. You're experiencing that. And, and I mentioned how that feels so distant from us. Not that you're that, not that I'm trying to dismiss your pain or whatever that you're going through or um, uh, or, or whatever. But, um, you know, for them, it was it was a. Um, communal. We're all going through this together, and it's because of a social identification that we've made to be, you know, proclaimed. You know, and I think it's fair to say, like modern Christians in the United States have zero context for understanding what that feels like. Yeah, and so like whether that not because to of their faith, not that they're not, pain, not that they but, haven't yeah. suffered pain and 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 but, English, like, you don't, right? But, you don't understand being persecuted for like your faith or something like that. That's not something that you have ever had to deal with in your life. In fact, you probably, if you aren't Christian, you've probably felt more persecuted for making that choice than you have for like saying you're Christian. So especially in the United States today. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And his comment in there is the same thing that I I said you probably expect from a church of this is a refining thing. It makes you better. But then he quickly makes this uh, turn towards this final result. Eyes on the prize basically is... You know, it's going to result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed, verse 7 of chapter 1 in First Peter. Um, so no matter what you're doing now, the payoff is going to be worth it. The payoff is going to be worth it. And that's the same thing we've always heard from whether it's our, our uh, fitness advisor or our dietitian or our, you know, our, uh, our uh, educational advisor or something like that. Keep pressing through. Like, it's just finals week, but you got this, you know. Imagine what it's going to feel like when you're walking across that stage and handing that diploma or whatever. Um, and so we're, we're kind of used to that. And then we're, I think we're also used to this idea of, um, you know, potentially with religion or Christianity specifically future glory or, or some sort of a, a payoff, whether it's heaven or whether it's, uh, you know, redemption or, you know, the new heaven, new earth sort of, sort of kind of that language. And I understand how that can feel in the moment like a cop-out for a lot of people. I mean, that's what you see. That's the common refrain from secular writers or people going, I used to be religious, but then it just all felt like, keep waiting, waiting. It's it's coming. Don't worry about it. And like, well, my life kept getting worse. And so I just figured I'd take matters into my own hands and make something. And life sucks and it's rough and that's just what it is. And I just have to live with that. And the analogy at the end was, I said that I think the longer that you go through all of this, um, it does feel like swimming in a river and then finally having your feet touch bottom and that be enough. That feels like, um, hope at the, in, in the time where, you know, I was out for a nice swim. It looked nice. It was fine. And then the, I felt myself getting taken away by the current and realizing there's nothing that I could do. And now I finally have some firm ground again. And that, that sense of relief. Have you ever done a river swim like that? No, I have not. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you've, I mean, done like a lake swim or ocean mm-hmm. swim or something where, I mean, the unpredictability of water. And the, uh, the lack of, a, of like the, the fear that can come in you mm-hmm. when it's out of, when the waves keep hitting you and you're like, I'm out of control and I can't find anything firm to stand on. And then all of a sudden your foot hits and you're like, oh this my gosh. Is similar, but a little bit more controlled. But I've like, I lost my direction in a pool one time when I was a kid. And that's really scary. That's a similar thing. And I, I remember like hitting the bottom, like the floor of the ground of the pool and being like, okay, like I, I know where to go now. Right. Oh yeah. 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 Like, so I can push up and go up, but I think I was like doing a flip and I just got turned around and didn't 
like then you start to panic and yeah anyway so like i haven't done it in a like open body of water but i have had that feeling of like i don't know where i am or what i'm doing and i'm in this like precarious situation yeah and then hitting something solid. The thing I loved most about that analogy as I was kind of processing through it is that feeling when you can see the bottom of a river or a lake yeah. and you go, it's right there. I should be able to touch this. And you go to touch it and you sink below and you're like, dang, how how deep is this? Because it looks like it's four feet and yeah. it's like still 12, right? Because yeah. the water's so clear and you still can't, it's still not helping you. Even if it's visually there, it's almost like more defeating that I can see it, but I still can't touch it. And I got to keep pushing through, you know? Yeah. And, uh, uh, yeah. So anyways, um, yeah. But I liked, I thought you talked a lot about like control and like wire that comes in, but I think in your analogy, we were just talking right now, like the, what happens when you hit bottom on, like in that river analogy is you, you don't have to have control anymore. Yeah. And so you are giving up control to the earth, right? Yeah. Um, in that analogy. And that's like when when we talk about that in terms of faith or God or whatever, like when we are striving to control all aspects, we are drowning, right? Yeah. And we are like struggling and it's really scary and we can't, because we can't control everything. But when like the minute we start giving that up to God, like especially if you call yourself Christian and have faith, when you start giving those things up to God, that's when you hit that that's when you hit earth, right? That's when you hit the spot where it's going to, where it supports you, where it guides you. And you don't have to worry about it anymore. Cause it's not, you're like, okay, I'm not, <laughs> you know, it's not gonna be perfect. Cause I'm human and I still want to have control of everything. But like the more I can say, I'm not going to worry about this. And I know you've got it, the better, like, that's where you hit the spot of like, not feeling that anxiety and not feeling those pains that you're going through. Yeah. I think the illusion of control is an idea that, I mean, you could almost do an entire series on, on that sort of stuff, but like, mm -hmm. that's such a huge thing in our society. And, and it feels like, you know, when you're thinking about when you get paperwork for your retirement, you know, stuff in the mail or whatever, and you're like, it's all about planning and where you're at and are you in control of your finances? Are you in control of what's going to happen to you at what age? And do you, are you going to have enough to kind of make it through? Are you going to run out of money before you run out of life or run out of life before you run out of money, right? <laughs> um, make sure you pick rightly so that you're in, and it's all about this, I've got it under control as long as I've got X amount of dollars in the, in the account or whatever. And and that's just this this false like we have no idea how long that takes yeah, we if, if this year has taught us nothing oh it's yeah taught us that you have zero control Who over anything thought that i mean you know two years ago if you go i predict that uh that there's going to come a time where the, the major league baseball <laughs> doesn't start for four months you know you'd be <laughs> like i mean what would have to happen for four months i can understand maybe a team something happening to a team but what in the world could could be that and the financials. I mean, there's so many aspects of it to where you do realize it's all this illusion of control and we want it to get back to normal. Right. Um, yeah. and I agree, like, I understand, I do push back to people who, um, in my mind, I don't know if I do it vocally, but <laughs> they go there with, you know, this is the new normal. There will, there will be no, you know, we'll never get, we'll never get back to where it was. I agree with that. But I don't agree that this is the new normal. Like, I don't think that you can be this antisocial for that long and, and be healthy human beings. I think that there's something in human beings that goes, I can do this for a season. And this season has been longer than I thought it would be. Um, but like, I, I, the, the, um, 
technical community that I, you know, that I, um, or tech community or, uh, online, online yeah, social, presence is, yeah. is like, it's a supplement, but it is yeah. not a, is not a good dietary. That's like nope. eating, uh, <laughs> eating candy and thinking that I'm being, yeah. I'm feeding myself. I'm yeah. getting calories to yeah. be able to live on. Um, it's not, it's not, it's not long-term. And so yeah. I agree with you on that too. I don't think. And maybe for some people it is, but like, I think by and large, it has not been healthy for most people. When you look at the numbers of like depression and anxiety and all this stuff coming through and yes, there's a lot of like uncertainty and other things, but I think a large portion of that is also we've separated ourselves from our communities because mm-hmm. we've had to. And so like that, like those deep community connections are really important and they, those are how we as humans like thrive. Yeah. So. And it's they're they're harder to measure than a disease where you can go get a test and be like, yep, positive, negative, right? This where does this depression come from? Does it come from a lack of community? Does it come from financial instability? Does it come from relationship, uh, you know, ups and downs and and things of those nature? My kids don't like me anymore, or I'm struggling with you know where I'm at in life, and I thought I'd be further along. You know, th- that can come from so many different areas, mm-hmm. but this is definitely a huge factor in that of this displacement from status quo from control from a, an, an illusion of control, which might be a healthy thing. You know, I, I get that, but it can also, um, it can also, uh, just shake us and, and really challenge our, our idea of, of being and who we are. So yeah. anyways, uh, what else? Any, anything? I, I, the one piece that I really did like that, I, I don't know that I hit on for sure, but the difference between, um, when it's happening to other people, we're so easy to see the refining nature of it. Uh, when it's happening to us, it always feels like an interruption. Mm-hmm. Um, and we wouldn't say to somebody, sorry that you're going through this. I know it feels like an interruption. We would say, you're going to be better for this at the, at the outset. And, and Which is a poop answer to hear when you're going it's through It's a it. poop answer to hear. <laughs> I, like there's some truth in it. Like well, I really yeah. do think that like... I think that there's going to be aspects of myself that are going to be healthier on the other side of this pandemic than they were beforehand. Oh, for sure. And so is it refining? Sure. But it, is that what I want to hear in this moment? No, I want to go see my friends, right? So um, I, it does feel like an interruption to an otherwise normal life. So, But mm-hmm. like speaking to what it is and what it feels like, I think is important to be like, I know, don't keep talking to me about what this is. Let's talk about what this feels like to me. Yeah. And it feels like... An interruption that should be avoided at all costs. Um, I got to minimize it to the greatest degree possible um, or just chance misfortune. Like I'm just well, unlucky. And I think when we only talk about what it is, we also we're minimizing what like our emotions play into it, because whatever you feel about it is also what it is. Like if you are having like whatever your emotions or feelings or like however it feels to you, that is also part of what it is. So maybe, yeah, it is refining, but it is also an interruption. It is also something that is like maybe traumatic for you or whatever it is. Right. So whatever feelings or emotions you're having about it is part of what that situation is. And so you when you minimize that aspect, you are not you're not looking at the whole picture anymore. And so like when you were talking about like fighting against that narrative of like, I'm being refined, I'm being refined. I was like, but that doesn't look at the whole picture. Like, yes, that's an aspect of it, but that's not the whole thing. And when you're not looking at the whole thing, you don't, it, it doesn't, it doesn't help for healing. Yeah. Like healing comes when you look at a whole situation. Yeah. You can like process the whole thing. 
Yep, that's good stuff. You got anything else in your no, notes? That was that, it. Okay. Those were like the three things I wrote notes about. So perfect. <laughs> Next week, uh, week three, part three of Summer Remix. Would love to have you be a part of that. 10 o'clock online, East Lake, tricities.com slash live is where we're at. We also did our Is This How We Conversation this week. Yeah, we we did. brought it back with a little little switch up, a little Mad Libs mm-hmm, edition. Mm-hmm. And uh, I thought it went well. That yeah. you guys are creative and funny. And we're doing, your wife is a genius. She is. She is. <laughs> and uh, we're doing another switch up this week, I Yeah, believe. I think so. It's supposed to be me, but I'm a little nervous about it. I'll She's giving us the space. She had this idea for something this week and we liked it. And we said, let's do Mad Libs in this week and then we'll do your yeah. idea this next week. And so, you know, here we go. We'll so see. We're not going to talk anymore about it. Just log in a few minutes early on Sunday and uh, be a part of this. It's going to be great. And my wife's birthday is Saturday. Yeah. Um. So, and she'll be 37. No, she won't. <laughs> She's dying right now. She's dying right now. I'm not going to tell you how old she is. Um, but uh, Not that old. Not that old. <laughs> That's exciting. Um, you got something interesting for us? I you want to sure kick do. us off? Um, I, I think I've shared it before, but I subscribe to National Geographic has a podcast called um, Overheard. And what they do is they take like stories that are in development or happening for the magazine And they kind of do a little bit of a deeper dive into it. And today the story was um, like was about our uh, impending food shortage as our human population is growing rapidly right now. Um, And then that combined with our uh, global like our overall global warming and how a lot of crops are not doing very well because they can't handle the heat and just all of this other stuff. And we've been trying for a really long time to fix that with chemicals and genetic modifying and all this stuff. And it really hasn't been as fruitful as everyone hoped it would be. But there's a scientist who um, found a, was in Yellowstone and noticed this grass growing in a like geothermal, because Yellowstone has a big geyser under it. So it's ground is really hot and they found this grass growing and they found these uh, microbial fungus on it. And they did an experiment and they figured out that the fungus was the reason that the grass was growing really well, even though the ground was hot. So when they took away the fungus, the grass died. Um, but it wasn't like the fungus itself that was, because if the fungus was by itself, it also died in the hot ground. So it was the combination of the two being together Hmm. that allowed them both to thrive in this situation. And so one of the reasons they think it helped is because a lot of microbes, um, when they are attached to a plant, allow the plant to deal with the, whatever stressor is happening in the environment and then let them still grow healthily, even though there's kind of stress on their system. Um, they likened it to plant Xanax. <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, but so that was like, um, I listened to that this morning when I was walking on my way here. That's how, <laughs> that's how, um, quickly before this podcast, we figure out what we're going to say. That's right. Um, <laughs> And I am going to wax a little bit philosophical right now because um, one of the reasons I love it is that's one of the things in biology I love the most is like those connections and how um, in nature we often as scientists look at like individual things. But really what is the more powerful part are the communities that happen in nature and how they work together and how they are um, 
helping each other and like the intersection of like the diversity and the um, different things, doing things together is really what makes our planet strong. Um, so like the fungus by itself doesn't, can't survive it. The plant by itself can't survive it, but the two of them together are able to work together and communicate with each other in order to like enhance each other. Right. And, um, like I was just like, Oh, that's, that's creation. Like God created us to be in community, created us to be in a diverse community, created us to be working with people that are different than us so that we can strengthen each other and like move forward in that way. And so, um, that was kind of my like, love it brainwave that yeah. I had this morning. So, so I, I mentioned when you talked about that, when yeah. you told me that was going to be on on your say something interesting, that I did a road trip this uh, this week with a, a guy who um, works around and with like the federal game stuff, um, and we were driving through the Hanford Preserve out there on Highway 240, heading up towards Wenatchee. And we're looking over the mountains, and I, I knew he was doing that kind of stuff. And we talked about the elk. There's a herd of elk that uh, come up and through there, and, and they're protected and all that stuff in the different areas. And he said that uh, there's a – like looking at Rattlesnake Mountain, I knew it was the tallest treeless mountain in the world or North America, one of the two. I have no idea. Not a single tree on there. Uh, and he talked about how there it's, it's federally protected preserve. And so that nobody goes out there. There's like a microbial crust that is formed over top of the dirt. That is like a living, breathing thing in and of itself that when you step on it, it breaks like clay almost. Yep. And as a result, the bio, uh, stuff that the things that grow, the bio life out there is, um, pr some pretty unique stuff. There's some spiders and beetles that are not found anywhere else and haven't really even been classified in terms of what we know about animals because, um, this is just a unique way. And I don't know if it's because of the nuclear, <laughs> they were born too close to a nuclear missile silo or not. I don't know, but, um, just the life that is out there that's yeah. so close to us that you know, is yeah. pretty unknown. It's pretty amazing. I know. We, my, microbes are like, they're the jam. Like this, they're the reason this planet turns. So yeah. like you think that we're in charge, but that's just not true. Oh, it's the illusion of control. Which Megan. coronavirus has taught us that also. Absolutely. Like, you think you're in charge. Guess what? <laughs> hey, my something interesting. I remembered what I was going to talk oh, about. Okay. I, so it's, Dude. it's different than what we talked about. Um, <laughs> there's a, um, so a short-term podcast, this is, I, I always hate recommending podcasts because I'm like always like, hey, listen to this and compare, you know, in, in continuity with this. And if they're doing ongoing episodes, it really is tough to be like, hey, my Lego blocks are full. I can't add any more, right? I, I'm done. But when it comes to a podcast like Serial, where mm -hmm. there's like a set amount of episodes, I can recommend something kind of like a short-term TV show or mini series or whatever, yep. and you can listen to it. So there's a new one that just dropped recently called, um, uh, well, it's an ongoing show called Origins by a guy named James Andrew Miller. Um, and it talks about the beginnings of stuff or um, how things came together. So behind the scenes outlook at whatever. And the most recent one is uh, the 20 year anniversary of the movie Almost Famous. Okay. Did you ever watch Almost Famous? Yes. It's about the kid who does yep. the music journalism, like travels with the band. Um, now he, I'm like, I he don't, like falls in love with uh, Kate, Kate Hudson, who's Penny yeah. Lane and the yeah, yeah. character. And uh, it was a fantastic like coming of age sort of movie in, in my era of 
like it had the rock and roll stuff. It had all the like the rebellious stuff. It was creative. It was fun. It, it was a feel good movie at the time. It's 20 years old now, that movie. Does it make you feel old? Oh, so old. And so they brought <laughs> all of the cast back in and did some, how did the casting process go? Uh, you know, cause there's always stories about guess who almost got cast for this role. Can you imagine how the movie would have played out differently had it been so-and-so? Um, and so I'm excited for it. I think it's six episodes long. I'm going to listen to it. Um, I, so I'm, I'm not saying this as it's really good. You should listen to it. I'm saying this as I'm going to do it. Let's do it together and uh, and see how that works out. So Origins, Origins. with James Andrew Miller okay. and um, specifically look for the most recent drop, which they he drops them at one at a time. And it's, or, I mean, uh, like all six episodes Got at it. once. And uh, this one's on Almost Famous. So nice. check nice. it out while you're on the beach or driving to the beach yeah. or whatever it is that you're doing in yeah. life. That'll do it for this week's episode of Say Something Interesting. Back with part three of Summer Remix on Sunday. We'd love to have you there. Megan, have safe travels. Thank you. And Thank you. Uh, go find some really cool rocks or clamshells or whatever it is that you're going like, to hunt. Uh, sand dollars, maybe. Yeah. yeah. Sea I'm stars. Gonna, I'm going to drag the five and a half year old down to the beach with me on Wednesday morning. Do so, it. To tide pool with me. Because tide pooling is always better with a five and a half year old. Oh, 100%. So. <laughs> yeah, 100%. <laughs> And uh, enjoy that cooler weather. Yeah. And eat a bunch of seafood for me because yeah. I'm jealous. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Have Bye. a great week. See you.